Welcome to the Sean and Brittany Show, a millennial talk show where we'll discuss everything from A to Z. We'll give our opinions on popular topics, trending topics, and real-world issues. We also speak on entrepreneurship, self-care, self-employment, parenting, and more. We are covering all the bases. Whether you're a singer, songwriter, rapper, producer, or influencer, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice when you listen to Millennials. Make sure you tune in on each and every episode on iHeartRadio 92.5, or you can listen it to us live on our Facebook page, Millennial Talk Show with Shauna Brittany on Friday nights. All right, see you guys Friday night.
Ricky Wiggins, and welcome to another episode of the Millennials Talk Show with Sean and Ricky. Our guest today is Matthew Horace. He's a 28-year-old veteran of federal, state, and local enforcement, and he ascended to the ranks of senior executive services in the Department of Justice. He's an on-air contributor to CNN, NBC, CBS, and ABC, and he has written for the Wall Street Journal's I think growing up in Philadelphia during the era that I did, I was exposed to over-policing under Mayor Frank Rizzo era, and I was always aware that there was this disconnect between communities of color, my community, and policing. And, you know, and I was that child who was always told, you know, stay away from police, don't do things that are going to get you involved with police, and not because police are bad, but, you know, my parents didn't want any mistaken identity things to occur, and I grew up with that in mind, so... And you couple that with the fact that I was actually attacked by a Philadelphia police canine in 1982 while I was. So when did you begin your career? What was your first duty station? What was your first assignment? And what kind of environment were you working in when you began? First job in law enforcement. Have two. My first job was with the Arlington County, Virginia Police Department in suburban Washington, D.C. Very good department. At the time, they were one of the very few accredited police departments throughout the United States, and they touted that very strongly in their recruitment efforts. And, you know, it simply means that even at that time, I mean, they were way ahead of the curve with standards and policies and procedures that complied with sort of the statewide and national standards. So my first assignment was there in Arlington, Virginia. And then, you know, subsequently, I got a position with the federal government where I took one of my first role in my first office in Providence, Rhode Island. So two answers to the same question. So the experiences that you had early in your career and lessons that stay with you as you rose through the ranks. Oh, sure. Well, in Arlington, which was, you know, Arlington is a, a, and still is a very good police department for a variety of reasons. But in Arlington, you very much were in an environment because it was suburban Washington, where you had a us versus them. This is, you know, a high income, high tax community versus Washington, D.C., which was viewed as low income, low tax and crime ridden. And you kind of felt it day in and day out in your policing because, you know, there was us and there was them across the bridges and on this side of the bridge. But I realized uh, very quickly, and I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was in the police academy, 
I had to go to Philadelphia for a court case involving a police dog attack. So I had to leave the academy for two days. And I remember my academy instructor telling me that he really had a problem with me leaving police training to go testify against police officers because cops don't tell on cops. So that was even before I got into the police car with my field training officer. So there was this idea, I mean, if you think about it, you're in a police academy, you're learning how to do things right, you're learning all these skills that you need to be an effective police officer, and then you're being told that cops don't tell on cops. So that's the message that you're given even in the police academy. And then when you get out of the academy and you get a field training officer, you know, just like many of us, thousands of us who've had training programs, and then the first thing the field training officer says is, you know, what happens in this car stays in this car, right? And again, that's one of the things we talk about in the book, this idea that cops don't tell on cops is a cultural nuance to our profession. And it is one that needs to be eradicated. And you know, many police leaders have done a good job at trying to knight through that cultural dynamic of our profession, if you will. So that stuck with me throughout my career. In addressing things like implicit bias and how implicit bias not only drives law enforcement reaction and action, but as a part of a larger society, what it means to our psyche, right? How implicit bias drives our thoughts and, and the way we react to people. And the reason why I decided to write it was because there was a period in the mid-20, maybe 2012 through 2017, and I was living in New York City, and I left the federal government in 2012. And, you know, you leave that position where you have a government car with a bunch of blue and red lights and a bunch of antennas, and, you know, you have this position where, you know, you're stopped by the state police, you throw your blue lights on, and the state police says, oh, you know, keep it moving, you know, I'm sorry for stopping you on. Well, when you give up that car in that position, you know, especially when you're, as you know, when you're in the SES, it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly high lofty position in government, but also in society. But when you leave that position and you become a civilian, then you become subjected to and vulnerable to the same things that every other person in society does, specifically black men. And I realized very quickly when I became a civilian that no longer was I covered by that rule of law, that big black suburban with the blue and red lights, that shiny gold badge that says federal agent right and duty to carry a firearm. Yes, I still had the badge, but it was under a different sort of presence. So when I started to see what was happening throughout the country, both in Ferguson, Missouri, and other places, it was very clear to me that the disconnect was getting worse, that the bad policing, and make that distinction, the bad policing was more in focus, and there was a reason why I was more in focus. And the reason why I was more in focus was because of the advent of cell phone video and cameras. And that's a condition I call coptics optics of policing in the digital age. So now you have communities that have for years, right, cried and lamented over things that they saw in their communities. But now many of these same behaviors are coming right into our living room by way of video and camera footage. And I think then, you know, I sort of realized that people like me and others could use our voice and use our experiences to create a better understanding, not just for black Americans, because many of us know, but for all Americans. And we felt in writing the book, it would go a long way my way 
north of Interstate 95, I thought about deadly police interactions with African Americans and the difference in the two drug crises, one perceived as black and the other as white. Whether unconsciously or intentionally, American society is suffused with a racial bias that must be eradicated. When it comes to ailments and needs in the black community, the response is punitive and lacking. The incidents we routinely encounter, which would be unacceptable in the white community, are shunted aside, ignored, or explained away, as if we were throwaway people, as if our lives didn't matter. Our lower life expectancy, higher infant mortality, higher rate of chronic diseases, lower income levels, and higher unemployment rates are all interrelated. <laughs> These same dire statistics have been the underlying cause of black riots since the 1960s. Police are merely the flashpoint, the most immediate intersection between abrasive and disciplinary policies of the black public. I thought about my fellow officers who are upset or feel betrayed about a movement that is directed at fighting against police. If my brothers in blue are wrong, the suspect has once again been misidentified. These protesters are not saying white lives don't matter or that police lives don't matter. They do. Everything in America, from educational institutions to social networks, television news films, financial markets, say white lives do matter. Instead, the message is a demand and a plea for society to embrace African-American humanity. Black lives matter. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss recovery. So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie? Yep. Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. You know you want to make a difference. It's time to join the movement. The Millennium Talk Show with Shauna Brittany is joining forces with American Council Society for the 40 Mile Walk Challenge. All you have to do is just talk, start walking, get 40 miles in this month, and support Council Research Month. If you would like more information, reach out to AmericanCouncilSociety.org, or you can contact us at Millennium Talk Show with Shauna Brittany. Hey guys, hey, welcome to a Millennial Talk Show. I'm your host, Brittany. And I'm your host, Sean. Tonight on the Millennial Talk Show, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and parenthood, the ups and downs on how many parents have faced um, from raising their kids and also owning their business. Tonight, our guest speaker is Karina Hernandez and Dichia Grandi. And make sure you guys stay tuned towards the end of the show. We have a special performance for you guys, as well as we'll be introducing our winners for our Mother's Day giveaway. Yep, 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 yep. Our Mother's Day giveaway is coming up. But most of all, we have topics that we're going to be discussing on, on tonight's show. One of the topics that we are going to be discussing on is acknowledgement for the justice of George Floyd. Many, many um, African-Americans have faced the injustice, police brutality against the African community. And so I know that Brittany has the acknowledgement. So Brittany, tell us a little bit about um, how you feel about the justice that took place um, for George Floyd. Well, first of all, Sean, I just want to say that finally, finally we are holding the police accountable 
for the treacherous acts that they're committing against specifically black people. This man screamed out numerous times, I can't breathe. And that police officer sat there and murdered that man, the same man that they swore oath to serve and protect. So I, for one, am completely and totally excited that this officer is behind bars. I'm so glad that we're finally holding the police accountable. And I'm so glad that he's behind bars. And I'm so glad that we have at least a piece of justice served for Mr. Floyd and his family. Yes, no, and I completely agree, Brittany. I know this was um, a devastated for our nation. When they saw the video, I mean, it was very devastated. When you see the, the officer had the, the poor man, Mr. George Floyd, had him, his, his body framed down on the floor with their knee on his neck, and he's screaming out, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And doing their investigation, they were saying that uh, Mr. Um, Floyd was intoxicated, that the officer did not have nothing to do with it. And so it was all this um, protect, protect the police type of situation, but not caring for the individual who is there laying on the floor, dying for his life, screaming out, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And so, Brittany, I just want to just say that police violence is leading a cause of death for young men in the United States. Over the life course, about one in every 1,000 black men can expect to be killed by police. Risk of being killed by police peaks between the ages of 20 years and 35 years. For men and women, and for all racial and ethnic groups, I mean, Brittany, this is happening to our our black community. Our kids are seeing it. How did you? What is your your experience, um, Brittany? I, I know that you have two little girls that looks up to you. And let me ask you, Brittany, what happened if this was your kids? Like, come on. Well, quite honestly, the sad truth is, police brutality has been happening for years. The only difference is now we're catching it on camera. And the sad part is some of these things really should be open and shut. But we have these murderers on camera committing acts that are illegal. And just because you're a police officer does not put you above the law. In fact, the police work for you and me, the taxpayers. We pay their salaries. They're supposed to protect and serve us. And with me raising two young black women, it's scary for me. I remember when, um, even though this isn't police brutality, I remember when Trayvon Martin um, was killed in Florida. I was devastated with that. But it's the same type of a thing. We're talking about white against black. And anytime any black boy, black girl seems suspicious or ends up in police custody, that's the last time we hear or see from them. And this is so devastating because we all deserve the white picket fence life, quote unquote. We just all want to raise our children in decent neighborhoods and have the um, resources that we need available to us to survive.
Yeah, and I completely agree with you, Brittany. I mean, I know that this also leaves a devastator for people to trust the police. I mean, when people call the police, like that young lady that called the police because she needed help and the police saw um, her with a knife because she was trying to protect herself, instead they shot her. And this is getting out of control. This is getting out of control for people who feel the same way how I feel. That, you know, enough is enough. We experience so many things. People, we are people that fought for our civil rights as human beings. For example, Martin Luther King, he fought for our civil rights for us to be accepted. He even said that I, one day I will feel that my four children will be accepted, not just by their color, not just looking at their background, but just who they are. And many people, many people, and with our police, police officers look at people's background. They look at and they start judging them, making them feel uncomfortable and making them say, oh, well, you're the first aspect we're going to take you to jail. We're going to do this. And it becomes an issue in the people's eyes. We elect, we elect people into office to make sure that our voices is heard to make sure that these police officers are accountable. One thing I am gonna say, Brittany, is I think that, you know what, training needs to be taking place. Because I'm going back to what just happened just recently with Devontae Wright. That, that situation should not have happened. You were in the police force for 26 years, 26 years, and you're misunderstanding from your taser to your gun? That to me, that is right there, is out of control. You've been in the force for 26 years and you're telling, you're, and you're in, a, in a training, you're training your partner, you're, you're training another officer and you're giving that one officer a wrong bad habit. And I hate to say, when it comes to these officers, they're trigger happy. And you know what? It is time for a change and it's time for enough is enough. And you know what? I'm glad that justice was found in George Floyd's case because we need more justice to be taking place in a lot of cases. These officers need to be accountable for what they do because they are human beings too. They are the people as well, and they should be accountable what what they do, what they do wrong. Yes, Sean, and I completely agree with you when we're speaking on the fact that police officers need more training. We're always speaking around the fact. We're always talking about how to protect yourself against the police, but nobody's saying what the police need to do to improve. It's always, oh, well, you need to comply. Oh, well, you need to just do what the officer says. Oh, you need to just listen to them. Or you might, you probably was in the wrong. Or like you said, they're always looking up somebody's background. But it's funny how they only do this after something's happened to that person. And they only do it to make it seem like the officer had a right to straight up murder this person. But nobody had any idea that this person may or may not have went to jail in the past. So what is the point in bringing that up? You didn't know that before you murdered him, that they murdered somebody in the past, or maybe they committed a crime in the past. Like, people are allowed to change, and people are allowed to grow. Personally, I'm not the same person I was last year, last month, last week. 
And we need to start and we need to go back to what the police officers need to do to improve. Because a lot of these jobs require way more training than a police officer. Listen to this. In North Carolina, police officer training is 620 hours. Meanwhile, to be a licensed barber, we're talking about cutting hair over a thousand hours in training. In California, the police officer only had to have 664 hours of training. Meanwhile, to be a licensed cosmetologist, we're talking about applying makeup over a thousand hours. In Florida, police officers only have 770 hours of training. To be a licensed interior designer, we're talking about moving some furniture around over a thousand hours. In Massachusetts, police officers, 900 hours. To be a licensed refrigerator technician, I mean, we're talking about if the light bulb breaks in your fridge, this is the person that's coming to fix it, over a thousand hours. This is ridiculous. It, to be a licensed electrical specialist, 4,000 hours. Police officer, 594 hours. Make it make sense. Why aren't the people who were sworn in to protect and serve us not being trained properly? They've given these people weapons. They're giving these people guns. We got the police walking around with military gear. Make it make sense. Why is the police being militarized more and more each year? What do they need these types of weapons for? Because the last time I checked, this country was not at war with itself. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, that's one of the issues, Brittany. I mean, I completely agree and I, and I agree with you. Because you know what? I hate to say it's a lack of training. It's a lack of training. And it goes back to make sure that these officers get trained right. You Half of these officers, Brittany, they go into, they're, in, they're veterans. Most of these officers, they are veterans. They were in the, uh, in the military. And when they go in the police force, they think, oh, wait, this is just like the military. Because half of them have PTSD. Because when they were in the in, um, as vet, um, in the military, they went to war. They saw all those things, and they're bringing it to the police force that is causing so much issue that is getting people livelihoods, people dying over something that the city or the government can control. And at the same time, it becomes an issue. And you know what? They're they're people. These officers are people. Doesn't matter they have a badge. If you do a crime, if you do a crime, you should be held accountable for what you do. Exactly. Police officer or not. And you know, Martin Luther King used to always say, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. We will be back on the Milani Talk Show with Shauna Brittany right after the break. <laughs> 